You're listening to the Shoulder Tap Podcast. I am your host, Mike Salen of Cape Fear Men. Now, the Shoulder Tap Podcast is a program where men are invited to share their story about their journey into manhood. And we also like to interview men's ministry leaders to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors reach men in today's culture. I often describe this like as a men's ministry leader interviewing leaders in men's ministry, which is what we're doing today because today I have as my guest, Jeff Kemp. Now, if you don't know Jeff, Jeff is a former NFL quarterback and he's author of the just released book. And we'll talk a little bit about that book today called Receive the Way of Jesus for Men. In his previous book, Facing the Blitz, Three Strategies for Turning Trials into Triumphs. He is the son of Joanne and Jack Kemp, a former NFL quarterback and vice presidential candidate. And after graduating from Dartmouth, Jeff joined the Rams, making him and his dad one of just six sets of father-son NFL quarterbacks. And after 11 seasons, Jeff retired to focus on his passion for families and seeing men become better friends, husbands, and fathers. He led Stronger Families, a nonprofit dedicated to helping families thrive. And from 2012 and 2017, Jeff served as a uh, vice president of Family Life, a leading ministry that supports marriages, families, and churches. He and his wife, Stacy, married in 1983, and they have four married sons and nine grandkids. But today, Jeff speaks at conferences across the U.S. He coaches leaders and he trains men in identity, relationship investing, and deep friendships. Jeff, I thank you for joining me today. I really do enjoy talking to you when we have those opportunities. Thanks for coming coming on board and being with me today. Yeah, Mike, it's good to be with you and to get to um, speak with some guys about the stuff that really matters in our lives. Amen. Amen. Well, let me ask you this question since we're talking about uh, uh, the book a little bit about this. What, uh, what shapes the identity of men? Well, that, that's been talked about a lot over the last few years about men finding their identity. But what shapes the, the, the idea of men? What shapes their identity? Well, the first thing that shapes your identity is kind of your concept of your dad um, and your parents and mm. how they view you and how you feel uh, they view you. And like, am I pleasing them? Um, am I disappointing them? Do I measure up? Do I have what it takes? Uh, am I good? Um, and then as, as the time comes to be a man, um, junior high school, high school, you know, college age, um, early 20s, do you get the sense from your dad particularly uh, that you're a man or that you're a good man, that he looks up to you, that he affirms you? Uh, that he approves of you. Um, you know, you kind of have those questions that we all ask answered. Uh, yeah, you're a man. You're a good man. You have what it takes. Um, I'm proud of you. That's the first. And many men don't get their questions answered by their dad. And all of us, to some degree, start looking to the crowd. Uh, do the guys think I'm good? You know, is it sports? Is it academics? Is it my music? Is it popularity with the girls? Do the girls like me? Um, am I making money? Did I make first string, first string on the team? Did I even make the team? Um, is there something I'm good at that people notice me for? We start to shape our identity based on how people perceive us 
based on how we achieve or what group we belong to, right? Um, that's more complicated today because there's so many different messages to young men of what's cool, what's what's in, um, mm-hmm. and it's 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 a, a lot of external sources, um, social media, and all these different style things um, of feeling like I'm okay because the world's okay with me. So those are external forces shaping your identity, and really it comes down to performance and then image. Because we want to perform to succeed so that people see us as a success in whatever we think is important, right? Or the world thinks yeah. is important. Uh, and when you can't be a perfect success, you end up wanting your image to look good. So we shape mm-hmm. a lot of our identity, Mike, um, not just on how we perform and what we tell ourselves about ourselves, but what others think of us, which is image. And that's why a lot of posing, pretending, exaggerating, hiding, secrecy, um, kind of shaping one image of yourself that's different than reality. That's where a lot of the identity shaping happens. And even a Christian can get messed up on this and think, I need to look like Joe Churchgoer, Joe who doesn't do a lot of bad sinning, uh, you know, Joe who gives money and volunteers at church, whose family looks this way. Um, and that's performance driven. That's image oriented. That's externally driven identity. And the summary statement is your identity is not achieved. It's not earned. It's received. And your identity is relational, not external. And it, it, it comes from the one that made you. And fortunately, the one who saves you and forgives you and then reshapes you when he adopts you as his son. And he can give you credit for the great, great things that Jesus did in living a perfect life and paying the price for your rebellion and sin. And then God turns us into that righteousness. That's what allows him to adopt us as his son. And that's where our identity comes from. And it it really mimics the identity that God said Jesus has, his son who's beloved, who pleases him, and who has an important place as the chosen one in this world. We get our identity when yeah. we receive it from the Father. Yeah, that's where our identity comes from. You know, and that's that's one of the things that um, uh, I learned kind of the hard way, so to speak, because I lost my dad when I was 14. Uh, he passed away when I was 14. So during my formative years as teenagers, um, I didn't have him to be able to mentor, to watch, walk with me and to shape me, so to speak, into, into a manhood you know, that I need to be. And I got a lot of my identity from the wrong sources. And, uh, and until I, uh, had that, uh, developed that relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, I didn't know what a, a real man was. I didn't know what that true man was and how to find that true identity. So, so, so true what you were just saying. Yeah. Um, Jesus, I mean, Jesus, so what shows yours? Jesus shows us the the quintessential man. Uh, that's the blueprints. But then there's an extra piece that a lot of guys are missing, which is the father-son relationship with Abba Father that Jesus had mm-hmm. that, that yep. gives us the clarity on our identity so we can start living as a son. Yep. My identity was shaped a whole lot by performance and encouragement. I had an incredibly encouraging dad 
and he was unconditional in his, in his affection and approval. But he was always training me with these positive visionary words. You're Kemp, be a leader. You're Kemp, be a leader. Your day's going to come. I believe in you. Keep working hard. Think like a starter. You'll become a starter. Um, it helped me persevere to my, you know, uh, 11 years in the NFL when I'd been a backup and not all that impressive at many points in my uh, junior high school and high school and even college career. And as, as my dad was a Christian leader and a politician, um, I thought that I'll have that kind of significant leadership too someday. And the problem was I applied a lot of my dad's positive, optimistic, encouraging vision to the performance that I would achieve as some sort of significant leader. And I always felt like I wasn't yet measuring up to what I was supposed to be. Not that he was putting that on me. I was putting it on myself because we will naturally fall into a performance identity, even with an encouraging dad. So I think a dad's job isn't just to encourage and be a great dad. It's to point kids to the perfect dad who alone gives us our identity. So that's this process of being um, refathered by Father God has really made the biggest difference for me in shaping my identity and kind of escaping some of the um, very optimistic and visionary, but still performance-oriented identity that was always questing to be a significant leader and never satisfied. That was my problem. One of the things I discovered in working with men, there's a lot of lonely men out there. Why do you feel men are are feeling lonely? Uh, What's your thoughts on that? Well, Men are lonely because they aren't comfortable being their real, authentic, broken, imperfect self. Mm -hmm. They're not crystal clear about how well God thinks of them because of what Jesus accomplished. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have the freedom and the confidence to be real in front of other guys because they're still trying to kind of feel okay about themselves by how they measure up, how they compare, how they perform. What's the image? That's the reason why they can't. That's the reason why they can't find their true identity is because of that situation. Yeah, it all it all ties together. So um, men are busier than ever. They're more entertained than ever, meaning they've spent a lot of time on screens. Um, their work follows them all the time because their phone is with them all the time. (laughs) All right. And if they're a dad these days, they're probably super busy with their kids. Um, which is cool that dads are so engaged with their kids today when they're able to be present. Um, and you know, they're not in a tough divorced or distant dad situation. Um, so their busyness, they almost crowd friendship out of their lives. But if they have friends, their friendship only talks about the usual stuff. And it it may not even be a real consistent friendship. So they're cautious about letting their whole guard down and telling all their secrets and all their struggles uh, and showing the real them because their image still depends on men thinking well of them. Just like. Well, a lot lot of those guys think. Yeah, a lot of those guys think they're the only ones that's dealing with whatever the issue is they're dealing with. They don't, they don't, they don't uh, understand that uh, they're just one of many that may be dealing with that issue. And there may be a man out there that they could um, confide into, for lack of a better word, and find out that they can help each other work through those issues together. Yeah, what you're doing, Mike, is you're zeroing in 
on friendship. The yeah. reason guys are lonely is because they don't know their identity fully in Christ as God's son. And he thinks so well of them that they can be honest and free. That mm. honesty and freedom lets you go deep in your friendships and be honest in your friendships and realize how much you need regular connection with friends. You know, you can't say, oh, it's a great guy. I knew him real well in the military. We talk, you know, every eight months or so. No, you need to talk to a guy every eight days or sometimes every day, but oh, at yeah. least weekly so that you're processing your life to stay out of the weeds, live in the light, encourage each other, um, and kind of be iron sharpening iron. Oh, that, yeah. that friendship is level five friendship that has trust and safety and honesty and loyalty. Um, it's got intentionality and consistency. It tells the other guy some secrets and aims to be totally honest. And it prays for the important stuff. And it processes what's going on in your life last week and even processes what's going to go on this week so that you can get some counsel before making oh. another dumb mistake with that son you're going to make a mistake with or with that investment or some other issue. So that's real friendship. That's why guys are lonely. They're missing that level five, consistent, deep friendship. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll admit, I'll give a little testimony here. I have a friend that I meet with every Tuesday morning, and, uh, and we stay in contact throughout the week. And there's no doubt I can share anything with him I want to share, and he can and he can uh, uh, counsel me or trust or uh, or uh, coach me in particular areas. And, and, uh, and it means a lot. I, I look forward to our time together. And I think other men, if they'd ever experienced that, that they would really, uh, um, they would really grow spiritually a lot in their own lives if they would do that. I know they would. I, I think Jesus changed the world, Mike, with 12 guys who he said, I call you friends because I show you everything that my yeah. father shows me. Mm -hmm. And then he called them to be friends and he didn't send them out alone. He sent them out two by two mm -hmm. and he, he built them in kind of mutual friendship, discipleship, mm -hmm. and they changed the world. They had no quote men's ministry. They had no budget. Like most churches don't have a budget for ministry to men. Uh, they had no Twitter account <laughs> no. marketing, um, but the quality of their friendship and their connection to Jesus and the father sent them out as as men on mission. I think that's the opportunity for every guy listening and every single church. We don't need some complicated strategy. We just need deep Jesus-like friendship again. And I just, you know, m made a strong point to define it for men as level five and show them the characteristics, what's stopping them from it, what are the hurdles, uh, and what are some of the basics. Uh, my guys and I, like your Tuesday guy, um, we huddle together every week, Pete and Greg, and we ask, what's the most important thing you need to talk about today? And then we ask, what's the most important thing I can pray for? And if we have time, we say, what's Father God teaching you in his word? Which means mm -hmm. I end up learning what's actually happening in your life in the word. And if you didn't get in the word this week, you're going to want to get into it next week. And we're reminding each other that we go to the word as sons of the of the father listening to him, not as Christians trying to learn some new information or impress someone in some small group. That's what refathering did for me, Mike. It changed my standing before God to say, I want to start reading the Bible as a son to hear what daddy says, 
Yeah. I want to go to this sermon and listen to this podcast. And I want to pray as a son listening to my dad. And that's the way Jesus lived. He always was huddling with his father and listening and living as a son. And it takes the pressure off us from performing. We receive our manhood, you know, our identity, obviously our salvation, our identity, our manhood, and our moment-to-moment guidance from the father to be a husband, to be a dad, to to be a worker, a leader, whatever. So this friendship is a big part of that because it helps you be honest and process your life with other guys who are pursuing Christ. Let's let's kind of we're talking about men in general. Let's talk about leaders a little bit. How does how does that differ, or does it differ with leaders, men who lead men? You know, you're either your your leadership in your church, or or people like you and I who who uh, run a ministry and and try to reach into men's lives. How how does finding our identity or fighting that battle of loneliness is it different? How do we need yeah, to? Work I, that? I think there's the degree is different. And there's a couple of nuances that, that are different. But frankly, every man is a leader. Someone's following you, your kids, you, you know, your wife. Someone else is looking mm-hmm. at you, some younger guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to act like my example is a leadership impact. But leaders today, be they a corporate leader um, with all this exposure, uh, an entertainment leader, an athlete leader, um, a church leader, a ministry leader, um, a Boy Scout leader. There's a lot more visibility, and it's a very comparative and um, performance-driven and image-driven world where you get overpraised as a leader and over-criticized. And leaders have a tendency to want to protect their position of respect and their platform and their power. And so then they start listening to the yes people, and they say no to the no people, and they're not that open to hearing feedback because they think people might, you know, um, reject them, criticize them, and they'll lose their position. They might be betrayed. A, a pastor lives in a glass house, you know, and then he may isolate. And that's what happens to leaderships. Leadership isolates to protect its power. But this is a trick that Satan's playing on them. A leader more than anyone else is challenged by pride and the mm-hmm. false image that you control things. Mm-hmm. And the thing that will kill the the pride and protect you from that false sense that I have control of things is deep, transparent friendship where Mm -hmm. your friend knows you as Mike, not as the leader of this organization. Uh, Mm -hmm. Someone's got to know Joe Biden as Joe, not as the president, right? right? Someone's got to know Ravi Zacharias um, who passed away and knew the Bible better than you and me combined as Ravi best friend every week processing everything about life as opposed to Ravi, the superstar apologist traveling all Mm -hmm. over. And there's a lot of benefits from being his friend. He probably had those second type of people, but he didn't have the quality week to week, normal friends who he lets his secrets out to who he admits his temptations and struggles to. And -hmm. of course, by letting that pattern of friendlessness continue, even though he might've had, you know, 20,000 people in his phone Rolodex, <laughs> he got off track and Satan messed him up. Right. That's the same thing that happens to any leader um, to, to varying degrees. It could happen to you and me. So leaders need to have friends who know them, 
And that's usually yeah. one, two, three, or four really close, tight, intimate yeah. Yeah. not just an accountability group. Accountability is kind of like a static function of where people ask you questions. Friendship is where you self-disclose what your weaknesses are, what your temptations are, what your risks are, what you're thinking about doing, and you self-disclose what your sins are before they just ask you. And you do that because you know what a benefit it is to you and you know how trusted those friends are. They're loyal. They got your back. And yeah. I think leaders can have that just like the rest of us men. If they cultivate those friendships and agree on, hey, are we confidential? Do you have my back? I have yours. Do you want to be loyal? I want to be loyal to you. Once a guy does a handshake on those things, then you can go deep. And a leader particularly needs this, Mike. Yeah, yeah, and that and what you're talking about is so different. I, I can't help but think about people talking about you. Know, I've got so many friends on Facebook or Twitter or something of that nature, and you know, it, it, it's not the same thing. It, it, it is, and you hit a key there. I think that uh, uh, most men will only have two or three guys in their lives at any given point that they can have that kind of deep relationship that you were talking about there. Well, usually those guys are in a level three friendship where you talk about the usual stuff and there's some limits to it and you're not willing to go all the way because you're not sure if he's totally trusted or mm -hmm. B, if he'll think less of you if yeah. you share some of the real junk in your life. Um, level well, four. Talk about, talk, talk about that a little bit. Talk about the different levels of friendship. Well, number one and number two are real shallow and real wide. You can have mm -hmm. 10,000 level one friends and 1,000 level two friends. You can't remember even that many people's names. They say that's, that's kind of those face, Facebook friends you're talking about there. Yeah, Facebook friends and network friends. When you get to like yeah. level two, you know, this is this is 150 people you can name. Mm -hmm. um, level three is the people you see at work regularly. You see them at church. You coach little league with them, so they know your your background a little bit of you, but they don't know your whole story. Right. They don't know any of the secret struggles or demons you're dealing with, and you don't know theirs. So. Like my friend, uh, Mike Woodruff, he was talking about his wife, about all the friends he had. And she goes, you don't have friends, Mike. He goes, I have 100 friends. And she said, do you know what's going on in their life? And do they know what's going on in yours? And he couldn't answer yes. So she had made the point to him mm -hmm. that they were a limited level friend. That's like a level three. Level four is the guy you'll call at 2 a.m. when it's a mm -hmm. crisis. You'll admit something to him. He knows some of your secrets. You know some of his. Maybe you've been through some real battles together. He was there during a season of uh, going through a divorce or you, you had um, you lost your job and this guy was there and walked with you through it and encouraged you. But you may not be in touch with him very often. And secondly, you've never intentionalized the relationship to saying, hey, let's keep going deep all the time. Level five friendship puts intentionality and consistency of being in touch almost every week, if not more often than that, to this confidential, safe, committed, loyal. And right. let's talk about what really matters. Let's put everything on the table. Let's not have any secrets from each other. That's what level five is. It's not only deep and eliminating secrets, living in the light, but it's consistent, which is why it takes scheduling it. You know, it doesn't have to be a meeting where you drive across town. Doesn't even need to be with someone in the same city. You can do it by phone. You can do it by Zoom. You can do it by FaceTime. Um, but the thing that makes it fun is you quickly start talking about the most important stuff in life. 
not the game last night. You know, you do that for two or three, five minutes, but within five minutes, every time I'm with my best level five friends on our, you know, weekly huddle uh, call or zoom, one of us is going to say, Hey, what's the most important thing you need to talk about today? Mm. And that takes us there and we go deep. Mm. Yeah. That's that's good. I know. I know my guy, I, I, like I said earlier, I enjoy it. I look for it and everything, but, um, what can a man do? How does a man get to that level? How does he, how does he develop that? Does he just come right out and ask a guy, do you want to go deeper in, into that relationship or, or do you have those particular solid questions that you can maybe start that conversation? How does he do that? How's he, is it just by the luck of the draw, so to speak? I don't like the word luck, but you know, to understand what I'm talking about, but uh, how do we go about that, Jeff? How, how do well, I get that friendship? I've, I've got pretty simple coaching tips and explanation of this type of friendship in the level five friendship playbook. It's on like 10 pages of bullet points mm-hmm. on this. And hopefully your gals will grab this uh, after we get off this podcast mm-hmm. or after they finish listening. Um, the first thing is who am I going to be friends with? Jesus spent a whole night in prayer before he chose his 12 friends that became the disciples who changed the world. So number one, pray and ask God, who do you want as my deepest friends that I consistently connect with? Ask him. It's a mixture of what you need from whom and what they need from you. All right. So number one is pray. Number two, you just start practicing friendship by connecting with a guy weekly. You don't have to do any big announcement. You just call a guy weekly and you say, Hey, what's going on in your life. That's really important. That you need to talk about. I don't mind going first. Here's what it is in my life. And then you share. Okay. And then you say, Hey, how, how can I pray for you? Now you may not go that deep with him at what you share. And he may not go that deep with you, but if you do this for several weeks, he likes it and you like it. And he realizes this friendship is deeper than some other things and B it's kind of consistent. He's called me, you know, um, four times this last month and he's staying in touch with me at that point. When you know that that guy is a guy that you want to go forward with, God's confirmed it. And maybe there's another guy. Cause I really think there's a power in bringing three friends together. This isn't a new kind of small group. This isn't a new uh, men's Bible study. This is friendship, but it's got intentional connection to it. At that point, you say to the guys, hey, how would you like to take our friendship to a deep level where it's safe, it's trusted, it's loyal, we talk about everything important, and we're there to make each other better in our lives and eliminate some of the blind spots because we're talking about stuff, both stuff that happened last week and stuff that's going. If they nod yes, then you say, well, why don't we just start with let's agree on confidentiality. Mm. And let's then figure out what we each need from friendship and when we want to schedule our connection time, even though we may have spontaneous texts and other calls. But at least weekly, we should find a way to be on the phone for 30, 45 minutes, maybe 60 minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and meeting live is great, but it's not absolutely necessary. And sometimes mm-hmm. if you know that you don't have to spend all the time driving somewhere, it's it's easier to keep up with connecting four times a month if you're just making a call. Um, And that's where the level five friendship playbook helps. When you've been connecting with a guy for a few weeks and then you say, do you want this? And he says, I want it. And you do too. 
share with them the playbook, think this through, let's talk about it this next week. And then you kind of have a kind of a, well, let's get connected. Let's figure out our date. Let's t- let's maybe talk about our life stories for the first couple of weeks. You talk about your dad. I'll talk about mine. Um, you can have next week. I'll do the week after. Uh, what blitzes have you been through? Get some of your full story out on the table. Um, and then you'll start talking through, you know, here's the issues that I know I need to pay attention to. My risk area, I'll give you my personal example. I told my friends this when we started meeting. My, my risk is I want to be significant and I hide my pride, but I have an ego that is always questing for more. And uh, it's kind of a lust for significance. The other thing that I struggle with is the visual lust for looking at the woman's body. I love my wife. She's awesome. But, you know, Sports Illustrated, um, a naked picture on Google Images, um, something that isn't, quote, a porn site, but is letting me lust, you know, mm-hmm. the naked woman body, woman's body. That's one of my struggles. You talk about those type things as the generic challenge you face. Put them out there. And then that's going to mean you're going to be much more quick to self-disclose how you're doing or where you fell short or what you need them to yeah. pray for going yeah. forward. And man, going forward, it's just so natural to say, what's the most important thing you need to talk about today? And that takes you into that level five consistent friendship, Mike. Oh man. I tell you what, that's, that's some, that's some great relationships when you, when you get there and you start doing that kind of stuff and it really helps you in your walk with Christ. There's no doubt. But Jeff, I want you to ask, I want you to talk a little bit here. Some, uh, for those of you who are listening to us, you can go out to Jeff's website at www.jeffkempteam.com and you can find a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about today. But Jeff, what are some, what are some things, what are some tangibles that, they can draw off your website. I know you shared some some things with me, and I've downloaded a few things here here recently. What are some things that men can draw off your website to help them get started with these kinds of friendships and uh, that they need to do, and 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 also to get your book, your new book. Well, yeah, the the the, the website jeffkempteam.com has got a tab called the new book, and you'll find the receive book. There's like six diagrams out of the book on there. So you can taste a little bit, you know, a little appetizer, mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. of the principles we just talked about, painting the picture of friendship that's robust and mm-hmm. the, the depth and, and the characteristics of it. So you can get that right away, jumping on the website and pressing the receive the, the new book um, on there. Um, but one thing I'm totally accountable to give to men that I leave behind with any leader that I coach or any group I'm speaking to, including these guys listening, is this simple blueprint of Jesus's way of friendship. And you'll see a pop-up on my website uh, for the Level 5 Friendship Playbook. It's about 10 pages of bullet point content that paints the picture of these different levels of friendship, what Level 5 friendship is, what are the impediments and the hurdles, how do you get over them, what are the starting steps? How do you share it with another guy? Just simply mm-hmm. forward this to him. It's free. And once he reads it, you're both on the same page. If he agrees, you know to go forward. If he's not quite down for it, then keep friendly with him, but go look for someone else to be your level five huddling buddy. Um, I call it huddling when you connect every week. Um, this is not some new noun of a new type of group. This is a verb of doing friendship at the deepest level. So Download the Level 5 Friendship Playbook. It's free at the website. Then you'll notice that 
the received book is there with a little bit of its content. And I even have uh, an opportunity to buy some of those in bulk in case you want to give them away, share them with your small group. And then there's another free tool called the field guide for receive. It's a pretty robust Bible study, personal devotion, and a small group study guide that if you want to go mm -hmm. through it with uh, you know, a couple of your huddle buddies or someone you're mentoring, someone mentoring you, or a men's small group, uh, it gives you seven weeks of processing this book together because God gave me the vision for this book. He changed the title from Real Good Man, which was like, hey, authentic and benevolent. Uh, <laughs> be a real good man. He changed the title from that to receive when I started asking God to, to re-father me. And I read all the gospels about how Jesus lived. And I realized, oh my gosh, he didn't perform his masculinity. He didn't perform his manhood. He didn't perform his mission. He received it. Jesus, who was perfect and strong, was the most humble, consistently dependent son of his father. And that we can live the same way, humble and dependent, receiving God's guidance minute to minute. And then he gets the credit, which protects us from pride. Um, so we changed the title to receive the way of Jesus for men. And I'd love for men to process this book together because that's the way of Jesus. Teamwork, brotherhood, deep brotherhood and friendship. So share it with a friend and go through it with a friend or maybe with a small group. And that's that's why the Level 5 Friendship is a free tool. And so is the field guide uh, for going through this book together with others. Or just using it as a, a devotion for yourself because there's private devotions in it as well. Amen. Amen. Well, Jeff, I appreciate your time today. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate their discussion. Some good information there to share. And I want to encourage you guys that are listening to this that you go out to Jeff's website, jeffkempteam.com, and look at some of these materials that he was just talking about. Download those free sources that he has on there. I think you'll be real pleased with those, and you'll be real blessed with those, actually, as you begin to allow God to speak into your lives and allow you to find those level five friends that you need to have, every man needs to have in, in their life. Uh, we don't need to be trying to do this by ourselves. We don't need to be trying to make this walk uh, on our own or being in the loneliness. I will have to say that one of the things I struggled with for years was I was one of those guys, if I didn't have to be up on stage somewhere, I would be in the back hiding somewhere, you know, and just letting uh, just letting things go as it is. But when she, hmm. once you start developing those, once you start developing those friendships, uh, you will see your life change. Uh, and you will. it will, you will see, you will see a, a new, uh, uh, a new vision, so to speak, that God will give you as you minister to the men in your lives. Thank it'll, you, Jeff. Appreciate you being with me. Mike, it'll bring out your strengths and it'll minimize your weaknesses and start canceling your sin. Can I pray for you guys to close out? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Go for it. All right. Uh, God almighty, Abba father, um, I just pray that every dude listening would go on a journey to let you refather him and that he get a crystal clear picture of what a great, great father uh, he has in you, Abba Father, uh, because of Jesus and all that Jesus has done and credited us with. And secondly, that he would receive his identity as your son and that he'd start living from that identity and that he'd gain the courage to be authentic and real and drop his guard and admit who he is 
realizing that other guys are fearing the same exposure. We all, we're all dealing with the same stuff. We're all broken. Um, and help them build the deep level five friendships, guide them to it, help them take action and live in brotherhood and deep friendship um, and teamwork the way Jesus did with his 12 who changed the world. So make the changes in our lives that you want. Help us depend on you to do it and to do it in brotherhood with others. I pray for these guys to be changed and to change the world through you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Once again, I would encourage you to go out to Jeff's website at www.jeffkempteam.com and uh, check out his resources there he has for you. And uh, give him an email. Drop him an email. I think he shared his email with me. I'm hoping I'm sharing the right one. It says uh, to um, – uh, well, I'm sorry, Jeff, Jeff at jeffkempteam.com, Jeff at jeffteam, uh, jeffkempteam.com. I'll get my tongue straight in a minute. But anyway, email him. I'm sure he'll, he'll be glad to respond to you. And, and uh, maybe you can get him to come to your church or your men's events and share a lot of these insights uh, that he has, uh, that God has shared with him. It's some good stuff that you'd want to do. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you being there. And for you listening Thank out you. there, appreciate you. Yeah, and for those of you that are listening, I appreciate you listening to the Shoulder Tap Contact con podcast. I'm getting tongue-tied here at the end. But at any rate, the podcast is a production of the Cape Fear Men Men's Ministry Coalition, and I want to encourage you to leave a comment about this program. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you have to say, and it helps us to develop more program to help you to fight the, the battle for men's soul. Let us know what you would like to hear and what you want us to for us to talk about. So we'll know who to invite onto the program. But as we close out, I want to leave you with this blessing. I pray God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shade you by. Now this is Mike Salen saying God bless, and I hope you'll join us again on the next Shoulder Tap Podcast.